following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. All right, and we are here. It's a brand new week. Welcome to it. Yeah, it's a Monday. Uh, And, you know, Mondays are always so difficult. So that's the reason I started Monday Music Sunset Sessions, because I figure we could all use a bit of music uh, to help us ease the, the pain we're all going through. And certainly there's more than enough pain to go around these days. So um, it was now, what, two months ago that we started doing these Monday music sessions. And what happens is the first half of the show is business as usual. As uh, There's certainly no shortage of, um, of um, uh, I've got weird microphone stuff going on, don't I? No, no shortage of... Um, uh, whatchamacallit, of uh, uh, news to talk about. So we'll get in all of that. And um, a little bit of a funny. And who knows, maybe we'll even have some time for phone calls or something along the way. We'll see how it goes. And then at the bottom of the hour, that's when we switch into um, music mode. Yeah, I got something funky going on on the microphone, uh, but I, I hear the progressive voices is sounding good. And um, YouTube, anyone want to s- uh, um, uh, check in on YouTube and tell me how the sound is there? Nobody's complaining yet, so I'm guessing we're all good. All right, and I think I fixed uh, the, the little issue I was having here. Um, all right, I think our little our, our Sunday tweaking session helped. I see Kate uh, is in the in the chat room in the YouTube chat room. She helped me on yesterday get it all together. So uh, we're good and ready to go. Uh, so why don't we start with something humorous because um, <laughs> we could use it. Uh, and today it's not a song. Actually, not a parody song. Um, they're, they're getting harder and harder to come by these days. So it's got that odd audio. I don't know what the odd audio means. Does it sound okay on YouTube? Somebody uh, other than, than Diane weigh in on YouTube and let me know how the sound is. All right. Well, while, while we're getting this together, um, you, you might just be hearing the processing on the microphone. So because this board has all these cool effects built into it. Anyway, um, our, our um, audio, a, a bit of tin. Okay. Well, let me, let me play with it a little bit. Um, so so the, the comedy today comes from Brent, uh, Rita Brent. Now, Rita Brent is a comedian, and she, um, she regularly, um, well, along with her comedy, delivers a few prayers. And today, she brings us a prayer for America. We could certainly use one today. So take it away, Rita Brent. Heavenly Father and mental health Jesus, Lord, we come to you today naked and afraid, scared and worried, frustrated and inundated with the troubles of this world. Mahalia Jackson once said, soon I'll be done with the troubles of this world. Well, that was 1959, and we ain't done yet, Lord. We need you to send down your lifeguard and Superman angels to save us. Because I feel like a cast member on Love and Hip Hop America right now, Lord. White people out here throwing temper tantrums in grocery stores and Starbucks because they don't want to wear a mask, Lord. And to that, I say, suck it up, buttercup. If my ancestors could wear chains, 
beans on a plantation and sacrifice for me, you can wash your hands and wear a mask to stop COVID-19. If you think wearing a mask is hot, imagine being in a field picking cotton. Now Trump on Twitter talking about forget the virus, schools need to open in the fall. Well, the only thing falling is his ratings and he can't take it, Lord. He know good well he need to go back to homeroom and school and get some tutoring. Because I'm sick of him tweeting fully weighing foolishness. Now his brother in Christ, Deacon Kanye West, say he want to run for president. What the heezy yeezy? Which Jesus walked into your mind and told you that'll be a good idea? If Kanye become president, that mean Kim will be the first lady. We didn't have Watergate. We ain't ready for sex tape gate, Lord. Speaking of, you know who else wasn't ready? August Alcina, Jesus. He said he remembers the 21st night of September, but Jada says she finna set it off on the red table talk. She hurt this man so bad, he wearing his hair like a woman fed up and it ain't nothing you can do about it. We need you to send down your root canal angels cause August done got capitalized by a brown eyed sugar mama named Jada. And last but not least, Jesus be a fence around our song, lift every voice and sing. The NFL is trying to pander to us by playing it a few times. Meanwhile, Kaepernick still ain't signed. Lift every voice and sing, sign Kaepernick to a team. The next thing you know, they gonna have the NFL cheerleaders doing the electric slide at halftime. But I do want to thank you, Lord, for sending down your civil rights angels to my home state of Mississippi. Now we know when protests go up, Confederate flags and monuments come down. We say and pray all these things in mental health Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so hold on. We, we already heard this. Wait, 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 wait. We're getting a little extra, a, a little bit of an extra prayer there from uh, Rita, uh, Rita Brent. You can find her at Rita Brent Comedy. She's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen. Amen. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, our musical guest today, I guess I didn't say it at the top of the show when I was talking about, oh, it's Monday, we're going to make things better. Um, James McMurtry is here today, and I'm, I'm pretty um, <laughs> amazed. Now, I met James McMurtry, I believe, once years ago when I was doing music radio in Los Angeles, uh, but I hadn't, I, I, I have no relationship with him. I just got very lucky that um, uh, he's available. And the only reason James McMurtry is available today is because we are in the midst of this pandemic and musicians are hurt. They're, they're, they're impacted more than most of us because people like James McMurtry, he makes his living on the road. He's on the road probably, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, we'll ask him. I'll ask him what, you know, how, how much of his year is spent traveling. Well, right now he's holed up at home. So today... James McMurtry will join us via Zoom for a session for a, a, a few songs and some conversation. And I'm really excited. And, and again, um, I don't have the relationship with him that I have with some of the other artists who've been on the show who are old friends. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. But, you know, not really. I'm excited more than anything else. So I'll tell you what, before we get to um, James McMurtry, we may as well uh, get to the news, don't you think? So let's do this. The following program. Oh, that's the wrong one. We do this. No, that's the wrong one, too. Oh, my goodness. This is what I get for. <laughs> I'll do it from here because because I know how to run these controls. Here we go. I read the news today. Oh, oh boy. boy. 
All right. Uh, and I, I know Bill O'Reilly's hanging around here somewhere. Of course he is. Live. Yeah. We're, I'll write it and we'll do it live. We're doing it live. Okay, Bill, go Fucking home. Thing uh, sucks. All right. Thank you. Um, uh, a, a few bits of breaking news before we get to the stuff that, you know, has been on my news list since early this morning. Um, numbers are out and the... I'm look. I've had um, Stephanie Kelton on the show many times. I need to get her back on because we've not spoken since her new book came out, "The Deficit Myth," and that's what it's about. She's a, a proponent of modern monetary theory, and she says, "Don't worry about the deficits. At times like this, we need deficit spending." Well, but then the Washington Post this afternoon reported the U.S. budget deficit shattered a one-month record in June as spending outpaced revenue by. $864 billion. The deficit in the past nine months has breached $2.7 trillion. So again, I, I won't get, um, uh, I'll reach out to Stephanie Kelton later today and, and try to get her on the show and, and read her book sometime in the middle there. Um, uh, you know that Trump is pushing for all the schools to reopen. You know, it doesn't matter that um, we're not ready. He just wants the schools back open so that, you know, mom and dad can go back to work so he can get the economy buzzing again so he can win re-election. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Well, today, <clears throat> the two largest school districts in California, that would be Los Angeles and San Diego, announced that their campuses will not reopen for classes on August 18th. And the nation's second largest school system will continue with online learning until further notice because of the worsening coronavirus surge. And in fact, Gavin Newsom just a little while ago tweeted, new COVID-19 cases continue to spread at alarming rates. California is now closing indoor operations statewide for restaurants, wineries, movie theaters, family entertainment, zoos, museums, card rooms, bars must close all operations. It feels like deja vu all over again, right? But we need to do this. And here I am in Florida, where over the weekend, <laughs> let me scroll down to this story because I may as well go there right now. Um, yeah, over the weekend, well, I can tell you um, once again in Florida. We're number one, damn it. Yeah, I, they did that specifically for me. Um, Florida confirmed 15,300 new COVID-19 cases yesterday in one day. That smashes the single-day record for any state. Um, the previous record was 12,274 cases diagnosed in one day, and that was in New York on April 4th. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Um, uh, let's see. Um Florida's new high came as the state administered a record 99,000 coronavirus tests. That's a good thing. The state has now tested more than two and a half million people and confirmed 269,811 total cases. Over the week, Sunday to Sunday, Florida had 69,700 cases, 511 deaths, and 374,718 tests, all records for a single week. By the way... I'm hearing stories from hospitals down here in Florida where the word from hospital management is telling their doctors do not list cause of death as COVID 
unless it's otherwise unavoidable. Basically, they're saying if there's any possible way to um, diagnose, to, to, uh, to say the cause of death was something other than COVID, that's what we want you to report I'm working on this. I'm trying to get an emergency room doctor. I think is I think she's an emergency room doctor uh, to come on and talk to us about this because I can tell you what I'm hearing all I want. But if I can get a doctor on the air to tell you this is what's really going on, maybe we can make some news here. Anyway, back to this. The total U.S. death toll surpassed 135,000 people dead yesterday. 135,000 lives lost in the United States of America with nearly 3.3 million cases. Coronavirus infections rose over the last two weeks in 40 states. Nationally, the daily increases in coronavirus infections has been around 60,000, setting new records each day for the last four consecutive days. And what did the idiot in chief do today? Well, he was out. I don't even know where the hell he is. Somewhere, you know, reading, reading off the teleprompter like this. And so he did, and he made some claims threatening to take over cities if the the you know the police don't do their do their jobs and give us law and order. Bong bong, I do have a bong bong here somewhere, don't I? Um, <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Um, but uh, the moron today took questions again for the first time in like over a week because the last few times he's been in front of the press, he's given his little statement and then run away. Today, he, um, well, he was asked a question that he attempted to answer and you just got to hear this. I know you don't like it when I play his voice. I, I try not to, but you got to hear this one. You've said many times that the number of coronavirus cases is going up because testing is increasing. Right. Do you acknowledge that it's going up for other reasons, too? For example, that it's actually spreading? And what are you going to do to stop the spread? Well, you know that we have one of the lowest mortality rates. No, we anywhere. don't. He's lying. You know, uh, Biden no, we don't. and Obama stopped what? their testing. They, they just did what? It. You what? probably know that. I'm what? sure you don't want to report it. Wait a minute. But, uh, Wait a minute. They stopped I, I, no, 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 no. I, Biden and Obama stopped their testing? What did he just say? I got I to go back and listen to that again. What? Do to stop the spread. Here, well, what? Well, you know that we have one of the lowest mortality rates anywhere. If you no. know uh, Biden and Obama stopped their testing, no. they just stopped it. You probably know that. I'm sure you don't want to report it. What are you talking but, about? Uh, they stopped testing. Biden and Obama stopped their testing. COVID-19 didn't exist until probably November or December of 2019. That's where the 19 comes from. He doesn't know that. He keeps saying, oh, nobody knows what the 19 is. Yeah, everybody knows because it was discovered. It came to life. It came to being in 2019. This novel, meaning new coronavirus that causes COVID-19 that's killed 135,000 people in this country already and is not letting up. But he's talking about Obama and Biden. They stopped the testing. What the fuck are you talking about, you moron? They didn't have these tests because we didn't have this disease. Oh, my God. The it's stupidity is astounding. And why doesn't the press call him on this shit? She did. This reporter didn't say, what the fuck are you talking about? And she should have uh, right in the middle. They just went 
No more testing. No, they did. Uh, <laughs> what did you talk about? Much lesser problem than the problem oh that we God. have, obviously, with respect to. Uh, <laughs> Am this I is the only the one who hears this? Probably 1917. This is a very no. Bad it was 19. No, it was 1918. There was no pandemic in 1917. The man is a fucking moron. But I, I digress. Keep going, Donald. Right now, but no, we are. We test more than anybody by far. And when you test, you create cases. So no. we've created wait, wait. cases. Uh, <laughs> When you test, you create cases. So the people who are sick wouldn't be sick if they didn't get tested. So I guess if I never went to the hospital that night four years ago because I thought I was having a heart attack and my chest was never x-rayed, they wouldn't have discovered the mass on my lung and I wouldn't have had lung cancer. The only reason I had lung cancer was because I had a test. That's what this moron is saying. I can tell you some countries, they test when somebody walks into a hospital sick or walks into maybe a doctor's office, but usually a hospital. That's the testing they do so they don't have cases. No, we do. that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to laugh because it's hysterically funny. It's actually not ha ha funny. It's I'm going to cry my eyes out funny because this is the idiot who has the nuclear codes. And he's saying he's he's explaining the idiocy that he believes. If we didn't test, we wouldn't have all these cases. So if you're sick, if you don't feel well and you stay home, you don't get tested, you won't get the covid and die. Let me just tell you right now that that is grade A bullshit. It is not true. It's a lie. It is bullshit. Thank you. There is no other way to describe it other than bullshit. The president is a fucking moron. I, 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 I can't believe this shit comes out of his mouth. But but there you have it. Oh, my God. And now, and now this administration, you would think with the numbers of infections and deaths increasing exponentially, that the White House would put their best and brightest on the case, right? Well, (laughs) their newest efforts appear to be aimed at smearing Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes, the White House this weekend sent reporters across the board at all kinds of uh, various news outlets a list of comments that Dr. Fauci made early on in the pandemic that said they had turned out and and said they these the, Fauci said all this and it was all wrong, including when he said in March that people should not be walking around with masks. Well, you know. As it is a novel virus, it's brand new. So scientists are learning about it and they revise their advice and their prescriptions as they get more information. Um, the apparent effort to discredit the nation's top federal infectious disease expert came after he publicly disagreed with Donald Trump's optimistic assessment of the growing outbreak in the U.S., Uh, We're told the list resembles opposition research you might get from a rival political campaign. This, uh, according to several of the news organizations who got these talking points. As Fauci contradicted Trump, the White House also reportedly canceled several television appearances last week. Uh, 
Um, polls show Americans trust Fauci a hell of a lot more than they trust Trump. And Fauci now is, is being kept off television, but he's still doing, he's doing like Zoom interviews and podcasts, bigger shows than mine. But here's something that he said today. We did not shut down entirely. And that's the reason why when we went up, we started to come down and then we plateaued at a level that was really quite high. You don't necessarily need to shut down again, but pull back a bit and then proceed in a very prudent way of observing the guidelines of going from step to step. There are things you can do now, physical distance, wearing a mask, avoiding crowds, washing hands, those things as simple as they are can turn it around. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Fauci. So that's Fauci. And in case you're wondering what Trump has said about the coronavirus and the risk of COVID-19, um, you know, killing 135,000 Americans by the middle of Ju- July. By April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. The uh, coronavirus, which is um, you know, very well under control in our country. Yeah, no, it isn't. No. We... Uh, yeah, very few people with it. We're going down, <laughs> not up. We're going very really? substantially down. Yeah. Not up. And again, uh-huh. when you have 15 people and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero. Oh, my. Uh, that's a pretty good job we've done. No, uh, it's not a good job we've done. Um, America, don't believe the grifter. Don't believe the con man. Don't. He's Harold Hill, for God's sakes. He's saying that he can teach your kids to play in the marching band by thinking the songs. Gotta say, Harold Hill is a hell of a lot more likable than Donald Trump. All right. Quick time out. We got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side with a little more news. And James McMurtry coming up on today's edition of Monday Music Sunset Sessions on the Nicole Sandler Show on the Progressive Voices Network. All right. Are we in commercials? Come on. Yes, we are. Okay, they're in commercials. So while they're doing that, I'll tell you what, you and I will hear from our friend, uh, if I can find it. (laughs) Do I have it here? I don't know where I put it. Um, uh, did I put it up here? I, I'm, I'm so not, not, I, I, I know I was prepared. Um, hmm. We'll do, I, I, I've got these banks of, um, audio. Ah, we'll do this from Jim Hightower. I think here we go. Six months into the COVID-19 pandemic, the disease is presently raging anew because corporate serving public officials rush to open the economy causing more infections and deaths. So, gosh, what to do now? Of course, let's take away the health care coverage of some 23 million Americans. Backed by Trump and company, that's the brilliant health care priority being pushed by top Republican officials in 18 states. Led by Greg Abbott, the mingy governor of Texas, these GOP-controlled states have chosen, in this time of national health crisis, to run to the Supreme Court asking its Republican majority to strike down Obamacare. If they get their way, millions of families would lose their health coverage and insurance giants, which are major campaign donors to Abbott and other GOP officials who are pushing the court action, would again be able to restrict coverage that millions of others now have. It's perverse that any other governor would follow Abbott's lead, for he presides over a health care disaster in Texas. It has America's highest number of uninsured people, including a record number of unprotected children. 
Killing Obamacare would add another million Texans to the 18% who are already uncovered, plus it would then not be there for some 3 million other Texans expected to lose their job-based insurance policies in today's growing pandemic recession. The health care nightmare pushed by the Texas governor has been called moral insanity. So naturally, Donald Trump rushed to embrace it. He recently directed his attorney general to back Abbott's effort to pressure the high court to scrap Obamacare. This is Jim Hightower saying, however, this political maneuver is so unpopular, especially today, that there was no trumpeting of the legal filing by the White House. Instead, it was tiptoed over to the court at 10.30 on a Thursday night, hoping you and I wouldn't notice. What do the corporate powers from Wall Street to Walmart have in common? They hate the Hightower Lowdown. You can see why at www.hightowerlowdown.org. What you're about to hear is an actual call to Moron Star. Moron Star, can I help you? I, I, I don't know how to pull down my pants. Uh, can you help? I'll take care of that right away for you, sir. What is your arm tattoo number? Oh, that's great there, good brother. Oh, six, seven. Moron Star provides the ultimate in corporate oversight. Lots of smug white people under contract from Choice Point, diligently manning their cubicles to help make decisions for you while you're away from the television. Is there anything else I can help you with today? Well, yeah, I think I locked my keys in my SUV. Uh, Sir, did you use your remote to lock your SUV? Uh, yeah. Oh, then they should be right there in your hand. All right, uh, thanks, moron star. Is there anything else I can help you with today, sir? <laughs> yeah, just one thing. Okay. I'm confused. I, I don't know whether to vote Democrat or Republican. Oh, we've already taken care of that for you. Sir, so well, you can relax. Moron Star, we have your feeble mind covered. You're listening to the Nicole Sandler Show on Progressive Voices and NicoleSandler.com. I think we're back. Let me give you a, a little more news before we um, get to James McMurtry and the musical portion of today's show. Um, uh, the big news, you know, that uh, we went through the COVID stuff. Now, uh, on to what happened on Friday. You know, Fridays have been special during the uh, Trump administration. Um, this Friday was no different as Donald Trump on Friday evening, commuted the 40-month sentence of his friend and confidant, Roger Stone. Yeah. In a statement, the White House said, quote, Mr. Stone would be put at serious risk in prison. Aw. And called him a, quote, victim of the Russia hoax that the left and its allies in the media perpetuated for years. Oh, give me a break. Roger Stone was convicted of witness tampering and making false statements to Congress, among other charges, in former special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. Stone was set to begin his term on Tuesday, though his lawyers did request a 60-day delay. Now, as his time to report to prison neared, um, Stone openly lobbied for clemency, maintaining that um, uh, that that. He could die in prison and emphasizing that he had stayed loyal to the president rather than help investigators. Seriously. So this is the um, uh, he, he told uh, he did an interview with Howard For Feynman, a journalist uh, on, I guess, on Friday, right before the announcement. And Stone said he knows I was under enormous pressure to turn on him. I could have eased my situation considerably, but I didn't. OK, this is a problem because what we have here is is Roger Stone admitting that the only reason 
um, Trump was pardoning or, or giving him clemency. Excuse me. He didn't pardon him because Trump, because Roger Stone says that would imply guilt if he was pardoned. He's just erasing his sentence. By the way, including the $20,000 fine that was levied against him, just wiping it all off the, 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 the ledger. Um, but, uh, you know, back, I don't know when, when Barr, um, uh, uh, testified before the Senate, but when, when he did not too long ago, Patrick Leahy asked him a really important question. And uh, th- here's what he asked him. Do you uh, believe a president could lawfully issue a pardon in exchange for the recipient's promise to not incriminate him? No, that would be a crime. Uh, no, that would be a crime. Okay, so what happens now? The attorney general said in testimony before the U.S. Senate that um, uh, that if somebody um, uh, were to uh, say, I, I won't, I won't, uh, uh, the president would pardon this person in exchange for that person not incriminating the president, that would be a crime. That's exactly what happened here. Um, so I, I guess we see what happens next. Now, in a very rare move, former special counsel Robert Mueller broke his silence Saturday in an op-ed published by The Washington Post. Mueller defended his office's investigation and wrote that Stone, who he described as a central figure in our investigation because of his communication with Russian intelligence officers and WikiLeaks, quote, remains a convicted felon and rightly so. Mueller added that while he believes his office's work should speak for itself, he felt compelled to respond both to broad claims that the investigation was illegitimate and the motives were improper, and to specific claims that Roger Stone was a victim of his office, which is how Trump has repeatedly described this situation. So um, all that's going on. And then Lindsey Graham, who happens to be the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, said yesterday that he'll call Mueller to testify about his investigation into Russia's 2016 election interference and contacts between between Moscow and Trump's campaign associates. This is just a giant shit show, and it's not getting any better. It's just not not going away. Oh, my goodness. All right. There's more news for that. You can just, um, um, you know, listen to Progressive Voices for What's News or go to NicoleSandler.com and click on What's News and get the rest of the newscast because we're going to take one more very quick time out and come back on the other side. Um, I see James McMurtry is on the line. And uh, we'll get his his shot all set up and we'll come back um, with with an American treasure. He is a singer songwriter, James McMurtry, coming up next on the Nicole Sandler show on the Progressive Voices Network. All right. Um, uh, again, real quick timeout, and we'll be right back. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1995. That was the day 2,500 pressmen, reporters, drivers, and clerks went out on strike against the Detroit News and the Free Press. Both newspapers had created a virtual monopoly in 1988 by merging their advertising and circulation departments into the Detroit Newspaper Association. Even as the DNA raked in record profits, they forced years of concessions, including wage 
freezes and layoffs. When the association implemented a merit pay raise system, the Newspaper Guild voted to strike. Five other unions, including CWA and the Teamsters, soon followed. The newspapers, however, were ready. Just before the strike, they cut off the dues checkoff. They also contracted with the company Alternative Workforce to provide scabs. They also hired private security guards from Huffmaster and Vance International to enforce the scab herding. A solid union boycott cut revenues for both newspapers. On August 19th, hundreds of strikers stopped scabbing until police attacked the picket lines, breaking arms, and arresting at least four. Then, on Labor Day weekend, thousands of strikers and supporters successfully repulsed police forces amassed from across the state to break up the picket lines. By mid-September, both newspapers were forced to airlift the Sunday edition until strike-breaking injunctions limited picket lines. Over a hundred had been arrested over the course of several weeks. Unable to stop production, strikers gradually returned to work until the strike was finally called off in February of 1997. In his two-volume set, Workers in America, Robert Weir notes that many labor activists criticized strike tactics. They argued direct action to stop production should have been the priority rather than boycotts and political pressure. Once the strike ended, the DNA claimed all but a few had forfeited their jobs. The Nicole Sandler Show is 100% listener supported. Have you given yet? Nicole decided not to put her show behind a paywall, knowing that many can't afford the luxury of paying for a podcast. But if you're able to, she needs your financial support to continue doing this. Consider a monthly subscription. Give when you can. Just visit NicoleSandler.com slash donate. Remember, she can't do this without you. All right. Nicole Sandler back with you. Oh, hold on. I got to bring progressive voices back in. I've been trying to get the uh, shot set up. This, this is the problem when I, I am the, um, <laughs> I'm the only person here. And uh, it's a, uh, oh, man, I just screwed something up bad. Hold on one second. Um, uh, James McBurtry is there. Bear with me. This is what happens when it's a uh, one woman show. James, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll be right with you. I've just got to uh, get progressive voices out of commercials and back to us. And um, we should be there any second now if I could find the right characters on here. Oh, man. I, you know, I can never just make it through a show uh, without screwing something up. And I did today. All right. And, and, you know, I had everything perfect because I was so looking forward to this. Um, uh, meanwhile, let me tell you who's on the line. James McMurtry is an American treasure. He is a singer songwriter who's been making great music for decades. Um, uh, James, I'm, I'm getting your, your shot set up, but I can bring in audio and say, hello. Hi, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, you know what? I'm going to actually just bring in your, um, video and I'll get the shot set up separately because I think the listeners would rather see you than me. Thank you so much for joining us today, James McMurtry. Um, you're you're at home just outside of Austin, Texas. Do I have that right in, in that area? That is correct. I'm in Lockhart, Texas. Lockhart, Texas. Um, and um, and I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we started this Monday music. Um, segment a few months ago because, well, I think we need music in our lives. My show these days is mostly political, and uh, we're all kind of stressed out in this um, situation we find ourselves right now. I know you've been very outspoken politically, both 
in your music and in your in interviews and and such. Um, uh, I'm guessing is this time in history giving you a wealth of information to choose from or to um, are you writing a lot based on what's going on in our world right now? I've never written a lot based on what's going on in the world. I, I, I get two lines and a melody and I follow it wherever it goes. Uh, now, every, now then, every now and then I've happened to write a political song and I got known for one of them. Uh-huh. And that's fine because you got to get known for something. But basically, I don't decide what to write about. The songs pick me. Huh. And you, you're, sto- you're, you're, you're known. I mean, you are a storyteller. And I got to say, you know, you you. Uh, maybe it's in the blood. Uh, for those who don't know, your father happens to be one of America's great authors, um, Larry McMurtry, who wrote Lonesome Dove and Last Picture Show and so many others. Um, do you have no writers in his background whatsoever? No. You know? I'm sorry. Say that again. I said he has no writers in his background whatsoever. Oh, really? So, I don't know about the genetic argument here. Uh, we're, <laughs> uh, we're sort of a, like genetic uh, Mutations, shall we say? Uh huh. Well, but but you do write stories, so I was wondering: do um, have you ever talked about collaborating on on a story on like one of your songs, which so many of them could be movies on their own or books? Have you ever talked uh, about sharing storylines? No, uh, <laughs> he writes prose and I write verse, and it's completely different. My son writes first, so maybe there maybe there's some genetic stuff going on now. But uh, and your no, no. And your son is a musician, um, but you say his music is very different from yours. Certainly, he he's uh, actually musically trained. He has a degree in music comp, and uh, you know he understands the medium. I'm just sort of flailing at it. <laughs> Well, uh, there are many, many who would disagree with you. So, um, Larry McMurtry, you've been making uh, great music for just for for many years now. Um, uh, how many? I know, I know you had a new album set for release in the fall, in the fall of uh, uh, 2019 or 2020 on New West Records. Uh, is that out yet, or, or are you holding it up for? No, it's, it's not out. We haven't finished it. We oh. were about to put keyboards on it in Los Angeles when the lockdown came down, so we never got the keyboards done. I'm, I'm still doing it now in, in, here in Texas. Uh, so the, the, the record's not complete yet. Uh, I think it's slated for January 2021. But the, in my experience, and I've been doing this a while, there's really no such thing as a firm release date until a- after it's happened. Right. <laughs> I hear you. And especially now, because everything is thrown off kilter. So, um, uh, James McMurtry, you, like most artists, but uh, you especially, you're, you're usually on the road um, most of the time, right? How many how many days out of the year do you think you, you generally spend touring? Well, we're, we're out of state about half the year. And then when we're home, we have midweek gigs in Austin and weekend gigs, you know, Texas, Louisiana. Oklahoma sometimes. Um, so we stay pretty busy, or we did up until March. Right. And you you actually were early in terms of um, um, uh, basically saying you're going to stop. You, you postponed your tour. And actually, you wrote about it in Rolling Stone, explaining your decision. Um, uh, did people think you were crazy at the time, or did you knew what was coming? You, you could read no, the writing on the uh, we all read that article about Italy. Uh, mm. It was written by, by an Italian doctor saying, it's like, okay, you're young. 
and you, you're not afraid of the virus, great, stop killing people. You know, that's what it's about. Stop going out there and spreading it and getting people together where they'll spread it. So, yeah, I knew, and I had friends in northern Italy that were locked down a long time before we were, and suddenly, you know, it was real. I wasn't very far ahead of the curve. It just suddenly hit all of us that we can't ethically uh, tour and, you know, preside over mass gatherings of any kind. Right. Right. So so you made the decision to postpone your tour on your website at jamesmcmurtry.com. You have a whole... Um, uh, you know, place there an explanation of it. But you wrote this piece for Rolling Stone, saying why you were doing this, and then you 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 took some of the time to go off on the uh, the current uh, inhabitant of the White House a little bit, and and Mitch McConnell. You you went after both of them. Um, do you are you politically involved, or do you just criticize from the sidelines a little bit? Well, I mouth off on Facebook every now and then. It's fun. I don't have much else to do right now. <laughs> I hear you. So what, what, how are you spending your time uh, during this pandemic? Oh, well, I've been doing a little bit of streaming. It's, it's basically, you know, online busking, as mm-hmm. it were. But it's, it's, it's how we make money now. We, we sell merch online. We play online, get paid by Venmo and PayPal. Yeah. I, and in fact, we were going to, um, you know, have you uh, perform a, a song right now. I see your video is frozen. I don't know if it's just um, a, a bad video connection or what, but, but any chance we could get you to do a song? Certainly. Let me see. I'm trying to see if it's on my end or your end. Yeah, because my end is OK. When I, no, when I, it's going to my computer and it's going out. So. Huh. Let's see. Let me see. Yeah, I um. Hmm. All right. I see you. I could certainly play a song, but I was hoping to show off this 70s era Ovation 12 string that I got. I know. We want to see it, too. Um, hmm. I wonder. Let me let me try to turn off your camera and turn it back on and see if it if it helps at all. Let's let's uh, ask to start video and maybe that's all it'll take. Let's see. Start ask video. to start video. Let's see. I got mine. Uh, now I just have a black screen. Uh, let's see if it comes back up. At yeah, least now it's on my end too. Oh so. no! Oh no! Well, we still have audio. Oh man, uh, this uh, this is live radio. I hate when this happens. Um, uh, well, James McMurtry is with us. I don't. Do you want to try to exit the room and then come back in and see if that helps? Yeah, it'd be better to have okay. actual. Yeah. Things. All right. So, uh, James McMurtry, we're we're doing a Zoom thing. Uh, oh, okay, I'm doubling the sound. Okay. I, have, I see what's going on. I got going. motion on my end again. You got what on your end? I have motion in the screen. Do you? Um, okay, great. And I've got yeah, nothing on so this end. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Well, I think I, I cleared up the audio. No, I didn't. thought I cleared up no, the audio no, issue that was there. Okay. Now I think I cleared up the audio. Well, regard the audio should be better. I still don't have video of you. Um that's Let me leave the room and try coming back. Okay. All right. We are, we're, we're attempting to, uh, no, oh, okay. Now I got me again. Hold on. Oh, I know what's going on. Hold on. All right. We got to change one other thing. <laughs> Live radio is just, it's not supposed to be like this, but it is. What can I tell you? Um, James McMurtry is with us. By the way, you can find tons of James McMurtry um, um 
videos on YouTube, uh, songs all over the internet because uh, he has been making music for so long. And and why do I only have this now? That's oh, because he's not back in here yet. That's why. All right. So I'm trying to bring up his picture, and I'm just getting a a, a screen. So now James is not even in. Okay. Now it looks like he's coming back in. Live radio is just a wonderful thing. Um, all right. More. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, all right. Just uh, uh, we'll we'll wait. Um, nope. Still no video. But do I have do I have audio from you, James? Are you there? Now we don't even have audio. Oh. Oh, I see your microphone I got, came up. I got ah, your audio back. I got your audio back. Well, um, I'm on this. yeah, we got no video. Hold on. <laughs> We're working on it. Uh, participants shut. So w- while you while you're working on that, let's talk about the. Um, um, uh, you you mentioned you had a song a few years ago that was political. Uh, it was during the George Bush years, and it was back in 2005 on your album Childish Things. You had a song called We Can't Make It Here, and it included direct criticism of George W. Bush and the Iraq War and, and Walmart. And um, uh, you got a lot of um, a lot of recognition for that, rightfully so. Did, did people then expect you to just uh, to become this political commentator and song after that? Yeah, they did. Uh, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> so you said the songs just come to you, and, and they are stories. And I believe, you know, some of your songs could be made into movies. And I get, I get that you don't want to work with your dad. But have you ever uh, contemplated working with a, a screenwriter and, and taking some of these um, uh, stories and turning them into something more, or they belong in songs? They're, they're made to be songs, and that's what they should be. No, if somebody wants to pay me for movie rights, I'd be all about it. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. It hasn't happened yet. No, no. All right. Well, I don't think we're going to get the video back. Um, I can put up a, a photo of you. Uh, so yeah, at least. Sorry. I just I can play and see if you get. You got that? I got that. All right. Let's see here if I get my voice to work. That's the song I did for the for the new record. The one, the one that's not out yet, but it's coming mm-hmm. out on New West Records, right? Uh, well, they funny. say it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll, well, everything's on hold right now. We're just all in limbo world right now. Well, it happens anyway. I mean, my second record was held up for, it was shelved for two years. Really? I mean, we didn't have any pandemic back then. Except cocaine, they had that. <laughs> they didn't give me any. I wasn't popular. Anyway. Looking back down the road from a little ways out. I never had a fear and I never had a doubt. If it had a lick of sense, I'd have figured that out pretty fast. But I wasn't any smarter than the average kid. Somebody might have noticed, but I never did. I never saw the future fading right into the past. Talking to the wallpaper, wandering the halls. I burned a lot of bridges and I dropped a lot of balls. It's a wonder I can never go back to any place I've been. But 
and get down on my knees on a bed. I'm near enough to Jesus as I ever want to get. Seeking salvation isn't part of my general plan. Save your prayers for yourself. Raise my glass to your health. I don't mind if you don't look like me. I can share my bread and wine. I come from another time that don't matter all that much if it don't bleed. If it don't bleed. That's all I can do just to get out of bed. There's more in the mirror than there is up ahead. I smile and I nod like I heard what you said every time. So run another rack, pour another shot. You don't get it back, so give it all you got. While you still got a more or less functional body and mind. Save your prayers for yourself. Raise my glass to your health. I don't mind if you don't look like me. I can share my bread and wine. I come from another time. It don't matter all that much if it don't bleed. If it don't bleed. to answer my calls and open my mail. I paid my taxes and I stayed out of jail. To stay in the game when you're too broke to fail, that's a fact. Talking to the wallpaper, sleeping in the halls. Your bones get brittle, so you better not fall. You slow to a crawl and time gets to ball into jack. Run you right off the track. Save your prayers for yourself. Raise my glass to your health. I don't mind if you don't talk like me. I can share my bread and wine. I come from another time. It don't matter all that much if it don't bleed. It don't bleed. It don't bleed. Uh, James McMurtry. Um, what's the name of that song? If It Don't Bleed. If It Don't Bleed. And, and does the forthcoming album have a title yet? That's called The Horses and the Hounds. The Horses and the Hounds. Is that, is that from a song on the album or is that? It is, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, any explanation behind it? Do you, do, are any of your albums um, uh, like a, a story running through them, or are they all individual stories? I'm, I'm asking because I was talking to uh, Peter Himmelman was on the show last week, and we were talking about the art of the album and how albums used to be. Um, you know, this tangible thing. We'd take them home. We'd uh, look at the liner notes on the, and the album cover. We'd put the album on the turntable. You'd touch it physically. And things are so different now. People don't necessarily um, 
uh, devour albums in a sitting as an album anymore. They they listen to songs. Uh, but um, you're not exactly like a singles artist. So do, do people still, do, do, they, do they tend to listen to albums? How do you ingest music? Uh, when I listen, I generally put in a CD and listen through. Um, but, you know, albums kind of grew out of singles. They, there weren't always albums. That's a sort of a 60s and 70s thing. Huh. You know? Uh-huh. 50s, early 60s, everybody made a single and a B-side. And then, uh, you know, the long play 33 vinyl came along, and they started putting them all together into big collections. And at some point in the 60s, I guess, they started making sort of, you know, theme albums mm-hmm. or the, the the album came to be and, and i still think in terms of albums i don't feel like i want to record until i have enough songs for for an album but i don't care if people listen to them straight through right you know most of the hit songs you heard growing up you know, you only heard the radio single <laughs> maybe you bought the album but right the there weren't, you know, there there weren't a high percentage of, of great albums all the way that, that played all the way through. Uh, there came a point where albums were how you sold your single. <laughs> you know, you had to have an album to put the single on. Right. Well, and so the same goes for that. you know, I was uh, when I, well, I arranged for you to come on the show talking with uh, uh, Carrie Baker, who's an, an old uh, acquaintance of mine, that um, asking about the album, and he said, "Well, it used to be." Um, and maybe we're talking about someone else that that you would you would tour to support an album. Now you do an album to support a tour, and right now it sort of every everything is on hold. So um, uh, it, it's it's that weird. We're in this weird uh, limbo that uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm having obviously having trouble talking about it. I'm certainly having trouble coming to terms with the situation we find ourselves in right now. But uh, for for people like you, James McMurtry, for working musicians who who do make their livelihood touring, this has got to be just devastating. This is just uh, I, I don't know how you're dealing with it other than, you know, playing music. Well, I mean, I've got a pretty long career and a back catalog and some publishing. I'll get by. The people you really have to worry about are service industry. Are the service industry? You're you're so right. You know, they they, they live on tips in this country, and you know they can't go to work. Now everything is kind of screwed up in this country. I mean, I look at uh, in other countries where people are now getting back to normal or some semblance of normalcy. They um, <clears throat> um, most other nations have gotten some help from their government more than you know a single check for twelve hundred dollars. Um, it's frustrating. Um, you, you live in Texas. Do you have anybody, any any elected officials that you think are doing a good job out there? Well, Lord Dog, it usually does a good job. Um, but as far as state officials, um, no, I don't have much faith in them. So at the county level and city level, they're doing pretty well. But uh, I got no use for Abbott or Dan Patrick. Oh, God, no, no, nor do I. And I'm hoping that, you know, this is showing the height of incompetence, both at the state level. I'm in Florida, so I'm right in there with you. We have uh, DeSantis, who's as bad as Pat, Dan Patrick and Abbott. Um, but, um, um, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see a big change in leadership all around in November and and uh, not that not that the Democrats have all the answers, but they've got to do a better job than what we have right now. Well, that's for sure. But you know, 
you know, we're, we're going to be playing a lot of catch up. Yeah. Know? Oh, for the years. Europeans we're kind of set up for this. You know, I mean, this is the kind of situation for for a good old fashioned. Uh, Socialist welfare state really would come in handy. Wouldn't it, though? I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. And hey, Medicare for all might be a good thing, too, um, knowing that, you know, we could all, if we get this virus, then, you know, go to the doctor or the hospital and not worry about losing everything if we're lucky enough to survive. So there's that. Um, James McMurtry, since we're having all these problems, I'm wondering if you would grace us with one more song, I, I, if you wouldn't mind. See what I do here. Okay. Might take a minute and get down into a weird tuning. Okay. This song here actually got me a mention, or actually a feature in the uh, the magazine of the failing New York Times a couple of years ago. Uh huh. Oh, I I I I know what you're going to play. Um, you were in in 2017. The New York Times did a feature, 25 songs that tell us where music is going, and you were included in that list with the song Copper Canteen. Is that the one you're going to do for us? That's the one. Awesome. Anything you want to tell us about this song? Well, it never would have happened if I hadn't. Uh, Gone to Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, one time to play on a festival that's run by a friend of mine by the name of Pat McDonald from, uh, you might remember the band Timbuk Three. Oh, sure. Pat, well, Pat lives in Sturgeon Bay, and there was an old. There's an old drawbridge they were trying to save. And so they had this festival every year called the Steel Bridge Festival. And that's the first place I ever heard the term bridge tender. Okay. It's the guy that makes the bridge go up and down. Huh. And a little while later, I was touring around up in Maine. And they got lots of drawbridges. And that's when I noticed a little hut next to the drawbridge. And I thought, oh, that must be where the bridge tender works. Okay. And, and I... And while you're doing this, I'll say goodbye to our friends at the Progressive Voices Network because we will leave them during the song. So uh, please check out the music of James McMurtry, and he's at jamesmcmurtry.com, and, um, and the rest of us will get to enjoy. All right. Thank you much. Don't you be yelling at me when I'm cleaning my gun. I'll wash the blood off the tailgate when deer season's done. You got one more weekend to go. I'd like to kill one more doe. So I'll shovel the sidewalk again Cause you're still in a stoop Now that the bridge tender's widow Won't mind that I can't please you She sure got the run of the men Out here where the pickings have been And there's not much to do 
last night in the grip of a fright, scared to breathe for I might make a noise. For this life that we crave, so little we save between the grandparents' graves and the grandchildren's toys. When we grew up hard, and our children don't know what that means. We turned into our parents before we were out of our teens. It was a series of Chevys and Fords, the occasional spin round the floor at the Copper Canteen. Now the big boxes out on the bypass are shaving us thin. I guess we can hold on a couple more years till the pension kicks in. Then we'll sell all the stock in the store, leave only the lock on the door, and wonder what then. When I wake up at night in the grip of a fright, then you hold me so tight to your chest. And your breath on my skin still pulls me back in till I'm weightless and then I can rest. So if Monsignor should pull you aside as you're leaving the church, I'm out on the ice dropping lines for the walleye. Tell him it's not your job to bring me to the fold. And I'd rather stand out in the cold. But I know the wood pile's low and we can't close the flue. So I'll split up a couple more cores before the winter time's through. Hold on to your rosary beads. Lead me to my mischievous deeds like we always do. James McMurtry. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for this. That's on Copper Canteen. Um, just brilliant and just wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank you. Thanks it, for having me. It is uh, definitely my pleasure. Uh, you're, you are a national treasure. I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's great talking to you. And um, um, we'll, hopefully when, when this all blows over and the new album comes out, uh, we, I can get my uh, <laughs> Internet working better and we can do it again. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, James. What a pleasure this has been. Thank you. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. And uh, with that, we come to the end of another show. Um, uh, thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, tomorrow's Tuesday. We get back to the news and, you know, the, the insanity of it all. Um, um, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks for bearing with me with my technical issues and all that stuff. Um, yeah. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. Be good. And uh, take care of yourselves. Wow. Bye.